We are joined right now by an NBA writer for Yahoo Sports. He is also host of the Good Word podcast. He is also a Sirius XM radio host. He is Vincent Goodwill. He joins me to start hour number three. Vince, what's going on, dude? How you living? I'm doing good, Jim. How about you, man? Good, dude, good. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming back. Let me first ask you about Draymond Green. So the NBA dings him five games for dropping that arm bar on Rudy Gobert. Where do you come out on that? Does that punishment fit that crime? Yes and no. Like, I, I can understand the league coming off and saying that Draymond's lack of a better phrase credit report has shown that he's not going to be given the benefit of the doubt in such matters. Also, he wasn't actually the main instigator in this. This was Clay Thompson and J.D. McDaniels. I think it's kind of hard to remember that because it's Draymond Green, and whenever it's Draymond Green, and it's Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert, and it's Draymond Green giving someone a headlock or a sleeper hold for all of, let's say, 10 seconds dragging Rudy Gobert from 7 feet 4 to 4 feet 7. Like, A, that's pretty damn impressive to actually do such a thing. And B, if you're Draymond Green, you can't do that. And if you're the league, and this is Adam Silver's NBA, you don't want this to look like uh, Wesley Matthews getting choked out by Xavier McDaniel back in the day. Those things will not be tolerated. So what do you think? If we're talking about credit reports, what do you think his score is at this point? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would need a bunch of co-signers. I think even beyond Stephen Curry's perfect credit in the NBA, he would pro- his, his score is probably you know one of those high interest rates, rate things. But but to be perfectly honest, Jim, I do think the NBA is kind of in a little bit of a trick bag. One, this was the second game that these two teams played at Chase Center in a span of like three or four days. They want to have these baseball like series where you have teams staying in the same city for three or four days to cut down on travel. But when that happens, you get a little more, excuse me, a little bit more contempt with each other. If you just played each other on Sunday and you've been chirping and then you got to see each other three days later, things like this are more likely to happen. So it's almost like when the NBA tries to close one loophole in their 82 game schedule and gin up more excitement with the in season tournament and everything else. There's also unintended consequences because giving Draymond opportunity to see Rudy Gobert two times in the span of three days. He can't help but choke the guy. Vincent Goodwill is joining us. That's funny. In fact, if you need more evidence of that fact, not only did that happen based in part on everything you just said, but it happened when the score was 0-0. So it happened right from the very jump. You know, as far as this in-season tournament goes, I got to admit, Vince, I wasn't all about that. I wasn't really excited about that. But if this is the kind of action we're going to get from that, if we're going to get fight night from that, I might be a little bit more open to it. Because not only did that go down, but Anthony Davis actually put them hands on somebody else on that same night. Anthony Davis, or as someone in my family likes to call him, Accident Davis, actually got a chance to stay on the floor for a little while, and we got to see him play a reasonable amount of time. Like, I think last night might have been his first, like, bad game that he's played, even with, you know, this this adductor injury that he's gotten. But, yeah, I think the NBA, Jim, it goes back to being in that same trick bag. Like they say, we want to have the fans having the same excitement that they had during the golden years of the 80s and 90s. But we don't want to have the violence of it. We don't want to have the contentiousness. Well, unfortunately, Jim, the NBA kind of likes to operate in that WWE thing where people like the drama, people like this stuff kind of, you know, ginned up between the teams. I like it myself. Do I think players can have a little bit of animosity without 
punching and throwing stuff at each other? Absolutely. But if it does happen, Jim, we see baseball brawls all the time. We see football players getting into it all the time. If these grown men can, you know, maybe they'll get into a little physical altercation, why is that such a bad thing? Everything's not the malice at the palace, and the league has to stop acting like they're so afraid of that happening once again. We're talking to Vincent Goodwill. Like, for instance, in hockey, I'm not saying it's the same thing, Vince, but the next time one person leaves their seats and heads for the exit when the gloves drop will be the first time. All right? That's never going to happen. <laughs> so I agree with you. Speaking of the Lakers, LeBron goes LeBron. He gets a triple-double last night. Didn't matter anyway. Sacramento beats them by 15. The Lakers are now 6 and six. Vince, given that they brought back virtually everybody from a team that went to the conference finals last year, you would expect more from these dudes. Is it just another slow start for LA or is this effectively who these guys are now? I mean, we keep talking about how impressive it is for LeBron to be doing these things at age 38, 39, right? But he's age 38, 39. Like, how much can you expect this man to continuously carry a franchise like the Lakers? Also, with Anthony Davis playing as consistently as he has up until last night, and you're still a 500 team. Jim, you look at the Western Conference, with the exception of Dallas and Denver and Minnesota, all of these teams are hovering around 500. This is just parity in today's NBA. And I think a little bit, considering the fact that the Lakers got stomped out in the Western Conference Finals last year, we should start looking at that as a little bit of an anomaly. They beat a Golden State team that was pretty damn fractured, and they beat a Memphis uh, Grizzlies team last year that was pretty much imploding from the inside when you have John Morant going, you know, acting like he's in a movie, toting guns. So I'm not saying that that team was a fraud. I'm not saying that this team is a fraud. But I think there's a reason why you're hearing their name being toted out for, you know, Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. Once again, another LeBron James team looking for a third star when hardly any team has three stars. Interesting. Vincent Goodwill joining us. All right, speaking of Zach Levine, so the Bulls dropped a 4-8. and eight. They lose to the Magic. Is it then time to blow that thing up and move Levine and start over, or is that an overreaction? It's a little bit of both. Here's what I will say. If the number one player you're trying to move is a guy that you just signed to a $200 million deal who's still in his 20s, who still has more upward trajectory to go in his game, and not DeMar DeRozan, who's on an expiring contract, I feel like something's wrong with your organizational philosophy there. It's clearly no secret that Zach Levine and Billy Donovan have not been on the same page, but they have extended Billy Donovan and that extension doesn't kick in until next year. And we all know that Jerry Reinsdorf does not like to pay people to not work. So the easiest thing to do is to get rid of a guy like Zach Levine and label him as the biggest issue. But even still, you have no Lonzo Ball. Teams are still going to be calling for Alex Caruso. DeMar DeRozan is 34 years old, and you have no idea what you want to do with him at this offseason. So I think whether it is a retool, a rebuild, or whatever you want to call it in today's NBA, if that is your one move that you're going to do, if you're going to blow it up, I don't know if I have the confidence in this regime to make the right moves. It's real easy to tell a franchise, hey, y'all, let's just blow it up, and then what? Hmm. Hey, Vince, did you or would you have said to the Clippers, hey, y'all, get the guy with the fat suit. That'll fix everything. (laughs) You know what? I understood the idea in theory. You bring in a guy like James Harden because he plays games, 
and he plays minutes, right? One thing we know about PG and Kawhi, up until this year where they've been on, re, they've been on like good attendance, right? But their history has said they're going to miss games. We need someone who can, by and large, can make sure that he sets up other guys that can carry an offense, that can help us through the dog days of the season. Unfortunately, you have Russell Westbrook on that team too, and you can't send him to the bench because he's illustrated he is not about that life. Also, you don't know when that injury for Paul George or Kawhi Leonard will happen, but history has told us it will happen. All I can say is, it's not a real good job being Ty Lue right now. I think he's one of the three best coaches in basketball, and I think he has his hands tied because no matter what button he presses, there's still going to be an unintended consequence that he can't plan for and that he can't actually maneuver around. James Harden, I think, Jim, we think of NBA players as being, you know, you know what's, the, what's the word, you know, forever young, right? Stephen Curry, 36, LeBron, 39. What happened to the days of guys spending 15 years in the league and their games falling off? Maybe that's the case with James Harden. Maybe so. And maybe you factor in nightlife, right? I mean, some of these guys. Oh, yeah. I think that's got to be part of it. I'm not saying that's all of it, but that's got to be part of it. Vincent Goodwill is joining us. Vince, before you go, let me ask you about the East. For instance, the Celtics, we know, made some pretty serious moves in the offseason. They're on top of the East right now. Joel Embiid made it pretty clear. He said they are the best team in the league. Would you agree? Joel Embiid. Does Joel Embiid play for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, or the Boston Celtics? He does not. Okay. Well, then, cool. Then I, I understand the confidence, right? You know what I'm saying, Jim? I would love to go on a date with Kelly Rowland. I would say, Kelly, I'm the best man you could ever date in your life. And I would firmly believe that, but it don't mean that it's actually true. But it sounds nice to say out loud, okay? So for Joel Embiid, he has to say that. But they've never made the conference finals. No, 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 no. Vince, they, Vince, I mean, no, he, he said that the Celtics are the oh, best team. Oh, dude, I, I just let you roll because I, I love the way you were going. I love the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he said the Celtics are the best team in the league right now. Is he right about so, that? So, I mean, I mean, that takes away all the sting of whatever. Everything I know, dude. That's why there. I let you go, man. It was good. It was good. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? I think he's actually right. There are things about the Celtics that I don't trust like Jalen Brown dribbling down the lane. But I do trust Jason Tatum. I do trust the Celtics organizationally. I do trust their structure. Now, if you're telling me that Dame and Giannis have figured some things out there, they have a higher ceiling than the rest. And quietly, the Miami Heat haven't lost a game in almost two weeks. Like, they're starting to figure things out, but we view the Heat as a playoff-only team and not as a regular season team. Clearly, they're starting to take things a lot more seriously because they do not want to have to go on the same type of run that they went on last year. But I do think from a regular season standpoint, the Celtics have fewer questions than any other team. The Celtics have more routes to get to the NBA Finals than any other team in the Eastern Conference. And secondly, league-wide, to the Denver Nuggets. Good stuff, good stuff. One last thought. Uh, Vince, what about Philly? So you've got Joel, mm-hmm. you've got Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxey. They got off to a great start. They dropped back-to-back games to the Pacers and Celtics. Given all the draft capital that Daryl Morey has right now, do you think, and to your point, there are very few teams that have that third star. Do you think that he could find another star to run with those two guys? I think he could find a star. The problem is, can you find the right star? And the question also is, how much do you believe in Tyrese Maxey? How much do you look at him and say, 
Is he a second star or is he a third star? And there's a huge difference between, for me between second and third star. Third star is a guy you don't rely on as much and you're not putting the ball in his hands late in games. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you've shown that Joel Embiid gets a little skittish in, in late in games, especially late in playoff games. That's not the biggest indictment, but you have to have a guy that can take and make big shots that you're not going to necessarily feel like is going to shrink in the moment. I think they can use some of that draft capital. I also think Tyrese Maxey is pretty damn good and it doesn't scare. The problem is, does Daryl Morey want to play a trade that he does not automatically just beat someone over the head in? Because unlike the James Harden deal, Daryl Morey lives to win the trade as opposed to doing what's best for his team. So, Vince, quickly as a follow, where do you come out on that question that you pose? Is Tyrese Maxey a number two or a number three star? I think in this Eastern Conference, he's a number three, but I think he has number two talent. Vincent Goodwill, NBA writer for Yahoo Sports, also the host of the Good Word Podcast and a serious XM radio host. Dude, great job as always. Appreciate you, Vince. Thanks so much. I appreciate you, Jim. Thanks again, man. Great job, dude. Always appreciate it. Great energy. Good takes. Good stuff. Makes it better. All right. Your thoughts on any of what you just heard? one 800 8686. I thought he made a really good point about the Lakers, especially. Can't take it away from them. They made that run to the conference finals. That really did happen, but walk that back. Who did they beat to get there? How did they get there? And you've got LeBron, who's still playing lights out. You have, quote, accident Davis, (laughs) who until last night was playing pretty well. You know, it's essentially the same team, and they're a 500 team. So, and it's early. But is it a poor start or is it who they are? I'm starting to think this is who they are.